Welcome to the Nonlinear Library, where we use text-to-speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is, Rational Breaks, A Better Way to Work, published by Pfin on January 7, 2022 on Less Wrong. How can you use your work time better? Many people waste their days only half-working, and not accomplishing much. It's more productive to alternate between bouts of highly focused work, and breaks to recover. Various time management techniques propose working like this for fixed time periods, for example 25 minutes, followed by a set break. But I think they're mistaken. Fixed time periods are unnatural and mechanical, thoughtful, creative work doesn't watch clocks. And you can't work with other people this way either, as their meetings, calls and interruptions won't fit in with your time slots. Here's a different approach, let's ignore how long you work, and consider breaks instead. Your day consists of both, they're two sides of the same coin. So instead of working in fixed periods, why not just limit your break time? This guarantees how long you'll work for, the rest of the day, while leaving you complete freedom in how to divide it up. This is the idea behind my new technique, provisionally called rational breaks. You work for as long or as short as you like, until you want a break. Then break for up to one-third of the time you've just worked. So after 15 minutes work, you can stop for up to 5 minutes. If you work for an hour, you've earned a good 20-minute break. And if a task bores you after 3 minutes, you can even take a break then, but only for 1 minute. Breaks reward you for working, but long breaks have to be earned. This kind of pattern is natural, research confirms that people tend to take longer breaks after working for longer. Don't take 5, take one third. Rational breaks have many benefits, which I'll go into, but the key one is flexibility. They adapt to your attention span, energy, and schedule, as well as to other people. You can use ratios other than one-third, if you like. Ratio, rational, C. And rational breaks aren't just for your day job, they suit anything that needs focus or effort, such as studying, practicing an instrument, personal admin, writing, or fitness training. But before going into depth, let's look at other time management systems. If you don't use these, you can skip to the following section, rational breaks. Clockwork. The best-known system is Pomodoro, named after a tomato-shaped timer. It advocates working in 25-minute stints, ending with an alarm and a 5-minute break, or occasionally 20 to 30 minutes. Which is also how long it takes to read Pomodoro's trademark guidelines. In fact, there's nothing new about working for fixed periods until an alarm goes off. For centuries, schools have taught lessons this way, ending with a bell one, at work, fixed periods simplify scheduling, create short-term deadlines to focus your mind and provide regular breaks, to maintain your energy, attention, decision-making, performance and well-being. But working against the clock like this, let's call it clockwork dash has problems. How long should each stint last? There's no consensus between experts, research and systems at all. Productivity author Mark Forster recommends starting with 5-minute bursts, and progressively extending them to 40 minutes. Medical professor Dr. James Levine suggests 15 minutes work at a time. Pomodoro, as mentioned, advocates 25 minutes. 30 and 60 minute stints worked equally well for computer operators in one study. School classes typically last 30 to 90 minutes, and it's unclear what length is best. Time tracking software Desk Time found their most productive users average 52 minutes work, plus a 17 minute break. The best music students practiced for about 80 minutes at a time in a well known study. The Ultradian system advocates working for 90 minutes and it's based on biological cycles lasting up to two hours. This huge range, five minutes to two hours, shows that there's no one best work length. Which is hardly surprising, how long you can stay productive depends on your attention span, stamina, and motivation. These vary with the individual, the time of day, and the task at hand, 
one size won't fit all. As clockwork is quite mechanical, it's good for grinding through monotonous tasks. But more creative, intellectual work needs flexibility. When you're in flow, it's annoying and counterproductive to be interrupted by alarms and breaks. Conversely, if you finish a task early, Pomodoro tells you to pad out the rest of the 25 minutes with reviewing or planning. Why can't you just stop when it suits you? Clockwork also conflicts with other people. School timetables work because everyone has to use them. But meetings and calls won't fit into your regime, because other people won't obey your tomato. When an appointment or interruption occurs, you have to cut a stint short, so it's no longer fixed length. This means clockwork is mostly for working alone, so many can't use it full-time. Finally, crises and deadlines may require working through breaks, so again the system breaks down. In short, clockwork techniques are too rigid. Your work, your attention, and other people won't fit into neat time blocks. An alternative proposal, called flow time, suggests working and breaking as you like, while keeping a timesheet to see what patterns emerge. Though there's nothing new about starting and stopping at will, which dates from the Stone Age, it does avoid the rigidity of clockwork. The trouble, however, is that it's up to you to decide how long to break for. Without strict time constraints, you can become too lax, and not get enough done. Timesheets are also a chore. Rational breaks. So much for clockwork, what about rational breaks? Here's an example of the basic procedure. Note the time, or start a stopwatch. Work for as long or short as you like, until you want or need to break. Suppose you work for 45 minutes. This earns you 45 divided by 3 equals 15 minutes off, so set an alarm for 15 minutes. Break until the alarm goes off. Go back to step 1. Breaks. You needn't take the full break. Maybe you have a tight deadline, an important customer calls, you're keen to resume work, or only have a short gap before a meeting. Whatever the reason, if you end a break, say, 5 minutes early, add 5 minutes to your next break. You don't lose the remaining time, it's just postponed. You can shorten and postpone breaks like this, but don't let them overrun. Break time must be earned by working, it's like a debit card, not a credit card. So always set an alarm for the end of a break, and resume work as soon as it goes off, don't snooze it. Take breaks whenever you like. One beauty of rational breaks is that you'll still end up doing the same amount of work. Instead of working for 45 minutes plus a 15-minute break, suppose you do just 3 minutes work plus a 1-minute break, and repeat that over and over again. You'll still be working 3 quarters of the time, so in an hour, you'd still get 45 minutes work done. That said, it's annoying to end a break after just 1 minute, and keep switching back and forth. So even with tedious tasks, you'll soon find yourself working longer, and perhaps even enjoying it, to earn a decent break. While breaking too often is counterproductive, so is breaking too seldom, such as when immersed in an interesting project. Notice when you start to flag, and give yourself a break, to restore focus and avoid burnout. Take proper breaks. Get up, walk around, drink water, go outside. You can often do these while working, too, which helps. There'll be more about how to work and break properly in part 2 of this article. Though it's best to choose when to work and break yourself, nothing changes if others are in charge. Suppose your boss fixes an hour-long meeting for you, then a 5-minute gap, followed by a video call. The meeting earns you a 20-minute break, you can only take 5 minutes of it, but just add the remaining 15 minutes to your next break. And if you really can't take a full break then, carry the leftover time forward again, and so on. Interruptions. Similarly, nothing special happens if you get a work-related interruption, for example your boss calls you while you're hard at it. The call is still work, so the clock keeps ticking. Either deal with the interruption, or postpone it, for example send a voicemail, and resume what you were doing. Personal interruptions are different. 
Suppose you're working from home, and the doorbell rings. This isn't work, so a normal break starts then. Once the interruption is over, figure out when you stopped work, and hence when this break should end. Then either take the rest of the break, or resume work, saving the remaining break time for later. If you've over on the end of the break, start work immediately. Meal breaks. Most people stop work for lunch, some for dinner. With rational breaks, you can divide the day into two or three separate sessions, morning, afternoon, maybe evening, to allow for proper meal breaks between. If you only take a short time off for lunch, a normal break may suffice for it. For instance, an hour-long meeting just before lunch earns you a 20-minute break, enough to eat at your desk, anyway. Or you could save up more eating time by shortening earlier breaks. If you have lunch during a normal break like this, meals need no special treatment, and your whole workday is a single session. But if a normal break won't do, you can take an extended meal break. This means a break that lasts as long as you like, longer than you've earned from previous work. The only constraint is that you decide at the start of the break when to resume work, set an alarm, and obey it when it goes off. This stops you getting too lazy. If you work into the evening, you can extend dinner in the same way, when a normal break won't do, you can take an unlimited dinner break, provided you set an alarm first. Break minutes you've earned are used up by an extended meal break, so you can't carry them over to the afternoon evening. Each session starts with a clean slate. Hence you don't need to time the work stint just before the meal. Similarly, you can't carry unused breaks over from one day to the next. Sometimes you'll have some personal task, for example going out to buy something, that's too long to do in a normal break. If possible, do it in an extended meal break, or before after work. Try to avoid creating unofficial breaks, lest you allow more and more exceptions to the system, and relapse into chaos. Work break ratio. Clockwork is fixated on how long you work, but as we've seen, no particular time is best. What matters is not the absolute length of work and breaks, but their length relative to each other. That is, the proportion of time you spend working. If it's too much, you burn out, too little, and you don't get enough done. The same concept is well established in fitness training and other physical activities, which often use a work-rest ratio rather than fixed times. For instance, with high-intensity interval training, HIIT, you might use a ratio of 2, so, between 20-second sprints, you'd rest for 10 seconds, after a 2-minute dash, rest for 1 minute. I've proposed so far that you work for 3 times as long as your breaks, similar to Pomodoro and desk, time. By analogy with training, let's call this number the work-break ratio. A ratio of 3 means that each hour contains 45 minutes work plus 15 minutes of breaks on average. If this sounds lax, a survey showed Britons spend less than half their time in the office actually working. So, with rational breaks, you'll accomplish much more than many people. While a ratio of 3 is a good starting point, you can use whatever number suits you, such as 2, 40 minutes work plus 20 minutes breaks per hour. Working two-thirds of the time. Lazy. 3, 45 minutes work plus 15 minutes breaks per hour. Working three-quarters of the time. Standard. 4, 48 minutes work plus 12 minutes breaks per hour. Working four-fifths of the time. Industrious. 5, 50 minutes work plus 10 minutes breaks per hour. Working five-sixths of the time. Hard. 6, 51 and a half minutes work plus 8 and a half minutes breaks per hour. Working six-sevenths of the time. Grinding. As you can see, higher ratios produce more work and shorter breaks. If you take an extended meal break, you could reduce your other breaks by using a higher ratio. For instance, neuroscientist Dr. Daniel Levitin suggests working 90-minute stints with 15-minute breaks, plus an hour's extended lunch. A ratio of 90 divided by 15 equals 6 will achieve this. 
if a deadline or crisis strikes, so you need to work fast, don't abandon the system, just switch to a higher ratio. Or save up breaks and use them later. Conversely, if your energy's at a low, or there's not much to do, you could try a lower ratio. Different ratios will also suit different activities, from the gym to piano practice. The fractions, above right, let you calculate how much work you've done, or will do, without needing a timesheet or schedule. For example, a ratio of 3 makes you work 3 quarters of the time, so in an 8-hour day you'd complete 6 hours work, regardless of how your meetings, appointments, and interruptions pan out. To calculate how long you worked if you took an extended meal break, or didn't use all your breaks, see footnote 2. Benefits of rational breaks. People work best with loose constraints, somewhere between total freedom and total restriction. Total freedom is anarchy, the life of the lazy, the workaholic, and the procrastinator. Total restriction is tyranny, ruled by a despotic tomato and forced to work like a robot. Rational breaks apply a light touch, keeping you in the happy, creative zone between these extremes. Work isn't controlled, only breaks are. And even they are flexible, as you can shorten them, save them up, and choose your work-break ratio. The only thing you can't do is let breaks overrun. Indeed, flexibility is the big advantage of rational breaks over clockwork. Let's recap all the differences. Break whenever you want or need to, to suit your attention span, energy, schedule, and the task at hand. When on a roll, you don't get interrupted by alarms. Rational breaks accommodate meetings, appointments, calls, interruptions, meals, and personal tasks. Hence it's not limited to working alone, and you can use it all day. You get the same amount of work done, however often you break. Save up unused break time for later. Choose a work-break ratio to suit you, or even vary it with the situation. With tedious work, plowing on rewards you with a longer break, an incentive to keep going. With a deadline or crisis, you can take quick, occasional breaks, or none at all. Rational breaks automatically makes up the shortfall once the storm has passed. If you like Pomodoro or other techniques, you can continue to use them with rational breaks, as you can still work for fixed time periods when that suits. I'll explain more in part 2 of this article. In fact, rational breaks is really a general form of time management system that encompasses the others, and solves their flaws. Other benefits of rational breaks include. Encourages focused work and proper breaks, rather than inefficient half-working, more in part 2. Ensures you don't undick or overwork. Easy to calculate how many hours work you've done or will do, without a timesheet or schedule. You can even knock off work early every day, see part 2. It's not just for work, use rational breaks for study, sport and fitness training, personal admin, hobbies, etc. Anything that needs prolonged focus or effort. Summary. Lastly, here in one place are all the steps for using rational breaks. Note the time, or start a stopwatch. Work until you want or need to break. Divide how long you've just worked by 3, or your chosen ratio, and add any minutes left over from previous breaks. Set an alarm for that long. Break until the alarm goes off, or you decide to resume work. If you resume early, note how much time was left, to add to your next break. Go back to step 1. Additional rules. If you have to stop work for a non-work-related interruption, start a break immediately. You can, optionally, take an extended meal break, lasting as long as you like. Set an alarm at the start for when you'll resume work. An extended meal break uses up any saved break minutes, so you can't carry them over to the afternoon evening. Avoid taking other unearned breaks if possible, so try to do personal tasks during normal or meal breaks, or before after your workday. Part 2 of this article, coming soon will include tips on how to work and break properly, and using rational breaks with other time management systems. P.S. Suggestions for a better name than rational breaks are welcome. 
Dash see the comments. 1. And for many decades, British high schools have used much the same pattern of breaks as Pomodoro, typically 5 minutes between lessons, a longer mid-morning break, and another for lunch. 2. To the day length, add any break minutes left over at the end of the day, including any earned in your final work stint. If you took an extended meal break, subtract its length, and add the break minutes you had earned or saved up just before the meal. Then multiply the total by 3 quarters, or your chosen ratio. Ratio plus 1. Thanks to Kat and Ari for helpful feedback. Thanks for listening. To help us out with the nonlinear library or to learn more, please visit nonlinear.org.